Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing news and feedback. There's a crossover episode confirmed. That's pretty freaking awesome. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall, we have so much TV news happening like, right now. Like, holy crap, there's so much. Yeah, all right, well, let's get right into these stories. Um, we have some really cool stuff happening that we, I don't think we've mentioned really any of this on the show yet. Well, we haven't really had time to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah, so much other stuff has been happening and going on. Um, and the, so the San Diego Comic-Con stuff happened. We talked about all the big movie stuff, but we really didn't get to touch on much of the TV. Um, so the, a few of the things that have either from San Diego Comic-Con or that have come out since is Runaways and Cloak and Dagger will be having a crossover episode. What do you think, man? Man, uh, like I'm excited. Because I like both of the shows, but I'm also kind of, I'm also kind of weary or, or leery of it because, uh, the Runaways just kind of went in a weird direction at the end of it. But, like, if it was the whole team of the Runaways plus Cloak and Dagger, then, like, it would be amazing to just see all that team up happening. But then, like, we've got people taking over in weird ways at the end of the Runaways, uh, season two. And, like, this is going to be happening during the Season 3 release. So, like, people are still going to be taken over. Like, we've got we've got team members that are not on the team. And yeah. that's distressing. Like, I don't know how to deal with that. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. It's always interesting to have these crossovers and where you put them and why. And I don't know if this was a real planned out thing, but it is going to be a weird place to have them show up and just kind of be a part of the Runaways world. So it is going to happen as a Runaways episode, as a Cloak and Dagger episode, or is it going to happen on both? It looks like it's going to happen as Runaways episodes. Okay. Um, Which, we, we, we absolutely called this, by the way. Last season of Cloak and Dagger, they get on a bus, and you don't know where they're going, and we were like, I hope they're going to L.A. <laughs> and apparently they are, and that's awesome. Yep. Uh, so... It's going to be on their their season three release, like I said, which is coming out December 13th. All 10 episodes are dropping on December 13th, apparently. Um, good Lord. The the Runaways are going to be searching for their captured friends Chase Stein, Gert Yorks, and Carolina Dean. Did you say all 10 are dropping at the same time? I'm sorry. That's what this article says. And this is on Marvel.com. Uh, that sounds like it's a legit source, then. <laughs> it's kind of the guys that do it. Wow. Ugh. Yeah. I thought... You know how much I love the Marvel Netflix stuff. But I thought we were done with the binge-watching for a while. Because those are very hard weeks <laughs> for us. Because we try to do an episode a day. And the the weekly thing is way easier to keep up with. Yeah. So, I guess we're not done with that. I guess yeah, we're no. getting runaways all at once. Yep. Cool. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. Just reading this article is... It's it's astonishing how much they, they released on this. So, the kids go head-to-head with an, quote-unquote, unstoppable enemy who has targeted Leslie, or more accurately, the child she's carrying. Nico Minoru draws them all into a dark realm where its ruler, Morgan Le Fay, played by Elizabeth Hurley is much more nefarious than anyone the kids have yet to face. Oh, wow. That's neat. 
Elizabeth Hurley's yeah. going to be in there. Man, that all sounds awesome. Um, I'm excited. I, I don't know. We we love a crossover. It's why we're here, basically. The the fact that this entire universe is a crossover. And so I'm pumped that we're going to get a crossover in that small corner of it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, we we were saying, like, maybe they're on a bus to, to, to L.A., but they don't necessarily have to be because Cloak can go literally anywhere. That's true. Well, we don't really know what are the limits of his power, right? Like, how far can he, how far can he, you know, bounce around? We just don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that dark dimension that he uh, has access to is that dark dimension ruled by Morgan Le Fay, and something causes him to be drawn that direction to help out this kid. I don't know, man. I don't yeah. know how they're going to do it. Who knows? Who knows? No, it's, that was a dumb idea. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody. Well, uh, the next piece of news, this is not TV news, and I've saved it for a second because it is definitely not confirmed in any way, but they are rumoring that Namor may be the villain for Black Panther 2. Oh, man. What do you think? Oh, man. I like uh, I like that idea because Wakanda and Atlantis were are they warring or are they just rivals or they just don't like each other? Either way, they're hidden kingdoms that are not friends in the comics. So having those two guys go at it, this, this is like King on King kind of action, which is, and they're both warrior Kings. So like there's that, that certain regalness to the fight that has to happen, but they're both badasses. So it's going to be an amazing clash between those two and namor is perfect for being an antagonist because like he's a villain sometimes like there are times where he is straight up a villain to the to the walking world right well that's what's so uh, you know so interesting about the last few years of marvel movies they've done a really and tv They've done a really good job of making characters that aren't necessarily just villains. They're not, there's very little mustache twirling happening these days. They try to, they, they make them villains. They're wrong in most cases in some way, but they, uh, you know, are not, uh, they're not, they're not thin. They're not thin characters. You understand where they're coming from. And that's what I want out of my villains. So I, I hope Namor is super interesting. I almost made a terrible joke. Um, Mostly just uh, for the pun value. Uh, when you said they're not thin, and I was like, oh no, some of them have fins. Uh, <laughs> beside the point. Um, having Namor, though, to to have him come up and have him be, you know, the the character that he is, where it's you know he's willing to do anything for his nation, right? It's his people. He's doing good for his people and what he does to do good for his people are not necessarily good things for everyone else. So having that kind of almost uh Loki level identification with the, the villain or the antagonist is going to be amazing for that story. And I'm really hoping that we see another, another Killmonger level performance from that sort of, uh, that sort of clash. Yeah, for sure. We got a feedback uh, somewhere mixed in the feedback today that, uh, speculating that Killmonger could return with Namor, and that I love that idea. Um, but we'll get to, we'll, cool we'll get to that in a bit. Um, now, n- the other uh, other news that we had that came out, I think this was out of San Diego Comic Con. Uh, they've got two Marvel horror series coming: Ghost Rider and Hellstrom. 
Oh um, yeah, we uh, we reported on that. Uh, or well, no, I shared I shared an article about that. That was before um, before San Diego Comic Con, cool. but. At the time, we didn't know if it was going to be like it was coming straight to Hulu. We didn't know if it was going to be crossing over with Agents of Shield, and apparently, like Jeff Loeb said specifically, that it's not going to cross over with Agents of Shield. Which yeah. to us, Makes you know, no to everybody sense. who's a who's a fan, is like, but why though? Because Robbie Reyes is amazing. Yeah, maybe we did talk about that on the show because I remember I remember talking about Ghost Rider. I don't remember talking about Hellstrom, which I know nothing about Hellstrom, nothing about that character. <clears throat> uh, he's the son of Satan. Okay. Which is, like, cool. <laughs> Which is great for a horror story, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. And he um, he's super powerful, so it's going to be difficult to, to really make him uh, have a conflict, so to speak. But... I'm that's honestly that's the one I'm a little bit worried about but I'm not worried about Ghost Rider in that we've already seen him you know we've already seen what Ghost Rider can be with a TV budget if you just have good writers on it yeah and you do it in pods uh, and you do right. it in pods with Gabriel Luna this is maybe the most interesting well no they're all interesting but like this is super fun um, this piece of news there, these are probably not going to be in the MCU, uh, but they are, uh, they have announced, uh, five new animated series, um, coming to Hulu plus, uh, they are Howard the duck. And I believe <laughs> that one is being helmed by Kevin Smith, which is, is I think a great fit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that is a perfect fit, but <laughs> for what they're doing, I think it's a great great fit. Uh, oh, How- yeah. Howard the Duck, uh Modoc, Hit Monkey. Modoc. <laughs> Hit Monkey, which is a monkey assassin uh from Marvel <laughs> Comics. Tigra and Dazzler is going to be the fourth series, and then those will all come together to form a mega team called the Offenders. <laughs> Okay. okay. Yeah. I'm loving that, man. I think that sounds super fun. And I love that they are, they're basically making a parody of themselves like six years later. Yep. <laughs> that they yep. made the same announcement for the defenders basically like six years ago. And now they're going to, they're going to make a parody version of that. And still, I, if I know Marvel, they're going to take that crossover stuff seriously and they're going to build this whole canon of characters. And I am super excited about it. Now you you did mention that these are animated. This is adult animation. Yes, uh, coming from Marvel Television on Hulu. Yes, adult animation on Hulu Plus. Oh man, that's really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, like that. It's so related to the MCU. We might end up covering some of that, even if it, that, even though it is probably not MCU. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, we'll we'll have to have some sort of uh, kind of. Uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe adjacent line. Yeah, if we we'll we'll see what's going on when they release that. If we have any time to watch it and talk about it, but surely we'll at least be getting some feedback and talking about it. We'll, oh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. 
Last piece of TV news, and this one's the most early stages thing, but it's super cool. Uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Lord and Miller of um, Lego Movie fame, and they were also producers on Into the Spider Verse. Um, so they they have been uh, they're working on a couple of projects that include a handful of live action shows using Sony's Marvel characters. Yeah, they've got 900 or so yes. <laughs> characters to work with there. Sony still has the rights to live action, 900 live action characters. Um, and yeah, we're going to get to see what that, uh, what they do with that pantheon of characters, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've already, we've already gotten things like Venom and, uh, there has been, you know, the rumored Black Cat, Silver Sable, spinoff that didn't go anywhere kind of died out yeah well i've heard fairly recently that that might be a series so i wonder if that's some of the same things here like i think they might be moving some of those big movie plans over to the tv side of sony which i think could be fun i don't know i kind of like that better than them trying to make these big movies that are going to be direct competitors to the mcu while still sort of half being in the mcu if they're going to cross over with venom you know yeah, but Venom is not Venom's not MCU. And we don't know that. Uh, if it not, crosses over, not. if it crosses over with Spider Man, Tom Holland Spider Man, it's basically in the MCU. You know, it's not though. Like Kevin Feige specifically in interviews was like, "No, that is not part of our MCU." That's what he said. But then recently he came out and said that uh, he acknowledges that there will probably be a Venom and Spider Man crossover. Yeah, I mean. If you cross them over, that puts them in the same universe. If if they're still the same Tom Holland Spider Man, and you could say like, "Hey, it's Tom Holland Spider Man of Earth six one five or whatever," you know, like yeah. slightly different Earth. But if it's the same <laughs> Tom Holland Spider Man hanging out with Tom Hardy Venom, then that kind of puts it in the universe. Which I, I I'm surprised that Marvel got surprised by that. It seems like Kevin Feige didn't want that to happen. You'd think they would have covered that in the all the deals that they made. Yeah. But apparently they didn't. You would think. I I think what he meant by the uh, there's bound to be a Venom crossover is like, well, once we're done with this deal, you know, it's still their character and they're going to do what they're going to do. And yeah. they're probably going to cross it over. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, I just, I, I don't not, I'm not as excited about it as some people are. And I'm, I'm just kind of really disappointed in Sony at this point. Like, why would you, they're just trying to make their money, man. They're, they're trying to get their dollar bills. I know, but they're flooding, they're flooding the market so that I have to talk to plebeians all day who don't know about all this stuff that, that are just like, well, but what about wonder woman? Like, no, I actually, I had that conversation that I am not even in the slightest kidding. Someone, one of my coworkers thought that Wonder Woman was part of the MCU because Wonder Woman was a good movie. Did I tell you about, uh, the toy that I ordered that came in? You, I, you're going to have to clarify because it sounds like you're I, ordering adult items. I ordered a, uh. I ordered a Hulkbuster armor, and in in the description it said it was a uh, one twelfth scale Hulkbuster armor. Yeah, which meant it was like a foot and a half tall. Right. 
and it was all cast iron, like this big metal thing, you know? That's <laughs> crazy. And I, and, and I got it, it, it was just, they were selling it on this website for really cheap, way cheaper than it was going for, so I bought it. It came in, and it was not that at all. It was like right. five inches tall, it was poorly <laughs> painted plastic, and it was clearly like a knockoff. And if, if you looked at it closely, it said the Avencers or something like that. It was not the right thing. And then you turn it over and it showed the Avengers on the back. And it was Iron Man. It was actually pictures from the movies, you know, like Photoshopped together. And it was like Iron Man, Hulk, Thor, Black Widow, and Batman. Oh, man. (laughs) It's it's one of my favorite things I've ever gotten. It's great. (laughs) Um, I immediately got my money back from PayPal because I bought, yeah. It was definitely not what I ordered, but like, uh, yeah, so bad. It was so bad. I just love that Batman. It says the Avengers, and it has all of them on the back, including Batman, my favorite Uh, Avenger. Yep, yep. He's he's the Avenger that will save us all. Yeah. Oh God, that's so bad. Let's dive into feedback, man. We're gonna run through as much of this feedback as we can today. Uh, So this feedback that we're doing today is some of its recent stuff, and we tried to pull as much as we could from the humongous page. Like we have about a hundred pages of feedback that people sent in over the last two months that we just in our hours of week of casting, we have not been able to get to. So I I tried to go through it and filter it and edit it down today and get to. As much as we can. So we're, we'll probably continue to do that over the next few weeks. Uh, we just have so much. And I kind of I deleted anything that just wasn't relevant anymore or I didn't think would spur on conversation. So if we don't get no. to your stuff, I'm sorry about that. But we had to we had to edit it down so we can get to some, some people's no, stuff. No, Matt. We need to keep all of it. I have a great idea. <laughs> okay. I have, idea? I have a fantastic idea, and I have to say it out loud right now. Go for it. I want to build a bot that has cognitive uh, – like cognitive functions, you know, built into it so that it can listen to our podcast. Uh, We're going to force it to listen to every single episode of our podcast. Build AI versions of me and you. And then it's going to respond to all of the unresponded to uh, messages, all of the the feedback. And then we're going, and it's just going to put it out into, into text. And then we're going to read it like a script. Nice. Nice. Yep. I I think that's a bad idea. Uh, no, it's going to be a great but idea. But if anybody wants to help build a Jeff and Matt bot, you let us know. <laughs> I don't think that's either of our expertise. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's a little bit outside of my expertise, but not that far. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, 084 said to us, uh, talking about our our uh, movie rankings episode where we ranked all of the, the MCU movies. He said, at MCU cast, your guys' voice go up an octave when you disagree with each other's rankings, but don't want to say more when more than, okay, okay. <laughs> that is definitely true. accurate. That is, I, I tried to, uh, to mimic that whole disagreement okay yeah okay <laughs> okay whatever all right no, yeah. Yeah, yeah sure fine yeah. <laughs> that's fine i don't want to talk about it oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man also about that episode yoda hughes said adam to you cast guys where was ant-man and the wasp in your list i don't recall hearing it at any point uh let's see ant-man and the wasp was number 15 apparently 15 number 15 
So, yeah. You, I think I ranked it 16, you ranked it 15th or something. So, it like, <laughs> we, we ranked it, that was one of the few that were very close. Uh, you mean one of the few that was correct? <laughs> yeah, on your side. Yeah, that's what I'm um, saying. It's correct. <laughs> Anthony hit us up on Twitter, said, at MCU cast, calling my shot for the next hashtag Avengers team. Black Panther, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Captain Marvel is the core four. Plus Scarlet Witch and Yelena Belova to round out the six-pack, with possible backup from Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor. Hmm. Nice. Nice. I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I'd watch the hell out of most of these movies. I think Black Panther and Spider-Man are going to be on the team for sure, for a while. And, you know, see, Captain Marvel, I think they definitely plan to, but she hasn't had as positive a reaction as some. Um, but I think they will have her on there for a while. I'm really hoping Jane Foster's Thor, Mighty Thor does well. Because yeah, I really yeah. like Natalie Portman a lot in a lot of things. You know? I do. I do. I think that she could do really well with that. She's, you know, she's got the acting chops, especially. Um, and she could, uh, I think that she could have some fun with that sort of role and kind of, uh, do the, the, do the movie that sends the message that, message that she wants. Cause, you know, she's, she's more of the artiste when it comes to what pieces that she does, but she throws herself into it. And, um, I'm looking forward to that. Me too. You know? Me too. Uh, Jay DeNoyer said on Twitter, at MCUCast, just listen to the Phase 4 Reactions podcast. Number one, did you notice Howard the Duck coming back through the portals? And two, who would play the new Wolverine? Mm. Uh, we did notice. Well, I didn't, definitely didn't notice it on first watch, but I've seen the screenshots of Howard coming through. Yeah, I did not notice it at all. There was so much going on, and I yeah. just completely overlooked you Howard. four or five viewings. I think it's like literally a frame or two, so it's, you know, can't be yeah. blamed. Uh, who would play the new Wolverine? You know, this week I watched The Boys, Amazon's new series, which yeah. was amazing, by the way. I think it is just great. Just great. Should, should I watch it? Yes, absolutely. You should absolutely okay. watch it. And watching it, I was like, man, I could absolutely see Carl Urban as Wolverine. Yeah, but he already did Scourge. Yeah, I know, and he's too tall. Well, and yeah, he's but not so was stocky enough. So was so was uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman you was know? too tall as well. Sure, and and, and the character characters change over time. Like I'm, I you know whatever. I just 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 watching him, I was like, man, he would be great. He's like really good in that, and just the kind of the kind of uh, kind of gruffness that he brings to the character in the boys. I was like, man, he would be a great Wolverine. And then I looked up his age, and he's only like four years younger than Hugh Jackman. I was like, oh, never mind. <laughs> they're gonna need. It's not. They're not gonna go with another guy who only has a couple years left. They're gonna want a younger Wolverine. Yeah, they're gonna want to. They're definitely gonna want to draw that out a bit. Yeah. And, uh, Get as much road time with uh, with Wolverine as they can. Yeah, whoever they whoever they bring in to replace Wolverine, any, anybody they bring in to replace any of these huge roles, they're going to want to keep them for twenty years, you know, or at least <laughs> ten, like they did with Downey Jr. You know, yeah, yeah, ten years is a really good run though for that, like doing the same character. Oh yeah, I mean it's like rare. That. It's really rare that anyone does that. That's who who though? Who could do that? 
who do we know that's hmm. that's young and strapping and Wolverine could easily pull off the the Wolverine look? I really don't know. I really don't know. Uh, those those are those. I I do think that uh, if he hadn't been Venom, Tom Hardy might be able to pull it off. Um, mm. I think he he has that great uh, just the animalistic nature that he played with in um, Fury Road. He, yeah. he he was very like I don't know. I could see him as Wolverine in that, mm. um, but now he's he's Venom. <laughs> he's Venom, and he's also uh, Bane. Like he's 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 already a lot of uh, comic characters. Hmm. I'm trying to think. Like, what have I seen recently where somebody has been amazing like that? Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't have anything you know, off, off the top of my brain. If uh, if he wasn't so damn pretty, Dacre Montgomery, after watching season three of uh, of Stranger Things on Netflix, I think that Dacre Montgomery would be uh, amazing. Dacre, who, who, which one is he? He's Billy, the one that got taken over. Oh, Yeah. He's he is he is good. I don't know if he has the charisma to me to 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 be Wolverine. I mean, Wolverine doesn't have to have like he has a weird kind of charisma. He has to have like the sort of maybe he does. I'm trying to think. He does have sort of that bad boy thing going in Stranger Things. Yeah, but in like a funny just, way, not yeah, like a he's gruff just way. Too damn pretty though. <laughs> he might be too pretty. You might be right. Yep. I mean, slap some chops on him, and he'd probably pull it off, but. I just I don't know I don't. This is a this is a hard one. This is it a really is. difficult one. It's a tough thing to cast for sure. And if and if you're casting it and you're hoping that it lasts for the next ten to fifteen years, then that's a big job. Yeah. You know what? I I'm not a casting director, so hats off to them for the amazing job that Marvel has done with their casting direction. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. Next up on our on our feedback, though, Michelle Nyman said, "You are proposing." Oh, <laughs> yeah. a quote. Quote, quote from me and you. Yeah, quote. You're proposing Marvel Hogwarts. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> that was real funny. You just but, he, he described one of his uh, his desired movies he wanted to see made, and it, it, he basically described Hogwarts. It's Avengers Academy. Avengers but, Academy, you know. but it was like. The way you described it, I don't even remember what was so Hogwarts-like, but something about the way you described it was very Hogwarts. Hogwartsian, if you will. Uh, Hogwarts-ish? Hogwarts-esque? Hogwarts-adjacent? No? Mm, no? I don't know. Any of those. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, uh, sure. We, got, we got a link from Jordan Boudway. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a YouTube video of that. A minute long. Someone saying, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's a pronunciation guide to Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Thank you for that, Jordan. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Andre Sparks said to us, It's crazy, I know, but I just finished season two of Runaways. Did you all notice Nico looked like the Doctor Strange villain when she used the staff the last two episodes? Crazy. Yeah. That was great. And that movie came out right around the same time that was going on on the show. So it was very, uh, she was drawing power from the dark, dark energy or whatever. And it was like the same thing that was happening to the guys in the movie that were doing that. And so it was really cool. No, it didn't. Didn't it? Yeah, it did. No, no, it did not. 
Not too far after. Doctor Strange came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. All of that happened last year. Right, right, exactly. 2016. <laughs> 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 All right, fine. I'm just wrong. I'm mean, just wrong. I just remember it being pretty close because we were talking about it. But maybe okay, I was- yeah, two years apart. All yep. right, fine. Very close. Fine. Anyway, yeah, I totally, totally saw that. I think we talked about it at the time. That, oh, yeah. yeah. Totally a neat, a neat pull there that they, like, tied those things together so well. Yep, yep. Uh, let's see. He also says, by the way, are you guys surprised about the Cloak and Dagger Runaways crossover? Peace. We are not surprised. We called it as soon as they got on that bus. Uh, you should go and listen to yesterday's cast because we're... We talk all about it. Oh, that was that was the same cast. Was it the same one? Yeah. <laughs> you should go listen to earlier in this episode you today. Listen to the thing you just listened to. <laughs> you should listen to it again, sir. <laughs> you clearly didn't clearly. hear us, even though you wrote that weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're doing great today. Yeah. So sometimes we record two episodes at a time. Top notch. John Hydeson is an email. Greetings, true believers. First time writing in, I just want to say a few things. Thought on the new movies from Marvel. Everyone is thinking that the Eternal move, the Eternals movie will become Fantastic Four or X-Men, but what if they're all wrong? What if the movie's a Namor movie? To me, it makes sense. In Endgame, when Black Widow's special group is having a meeting, Okoye talks about an undersea earthquake. This could have been Namor's doing, because in the comics, the Atlanteans are enemies with the people of Wakanda. Also, this would be a way to introduce mutants. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Wakanda forever! My main thought on this is I think it's very funny because no one thinks the Eternals movies is is an Eternal movie. <laughs> right? Like, I went, when I was reading this uh, feedback, he's like, what if they're all wrong? And I was like, oh, maybe he's just saying, what if they're making an Eternals movie? No. And <laughs> what if it's this other thing? What if it's a third possible thing instead of the thing that no one has asked for? Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, I, I, I do think it's very possible it's just an Eternals movie. Uh, but if it's not, I guess Namor is as good as anything. The only thing is, I think that it being a team, uh, one of the other team movies like Fantastic Four or X-Men makes sense because the Eternals is kind of a team movie, a big, uh, with a big cast like that. And, and a Namor movie seems like it would be a little more focused. And so the, 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 all of the casting decisions and stuff would seem to be parallel if it turns out they're all, you know, a different team. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I'm going to throw another one out there, though. All right, do it. What if it's the Inhumans? Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's not. What if it's door number six? (laughs) (laughs) Still not the Eternals. Yeah. What if it's anything but the Eternals? I love that. So funny. It's probably just the Eternals, and we're all just speculating for no reason. It's just they've got they got so much properties back with the Fox merger that we're like, surely they're not going to make an Eternals movie. <laughs> like, what are they doing? <laughs> we need to have like a little spinner uh, type gif that's just like, what movie is the Eternals movie actually going to be? Yeah. And then like, you just stop it wherever. <laughs> yeah, we need someone screenshot. who can program some things, and including this next uh, this next thing that Aaron Haker says to us. 
Okay. Aaron Hanker says, Hey guys, I just finished your episode on ranking all 23 movies. I was thinking that you could have all the listeners create their own rankings, and then I'd be willing to average them all out. I don't know how feasible it is, but I figured as people send in their rankings, you could just forward them on to me, and we could create the ultimate MCU movie rankings. Let me know what you think. Also, if you need ideas for commissioned episodes, I've got an idea. You could rank all of the main heroes according to how powerful they are. You could then do villains, too, if you wanted. Uh, it'd be very interesting to see how varied your individual lists would be and see how they'd fight across both of your lists. Third place battles, the other third place, etc. Have a great weekend. That does sound like a lot of fun to rank to rank the, the power levels because it's it's similar to what we do with ranking the the people or the movies but those little like tiebreakers would be really interesting like no he would win because of this no he would win because of this it's like the same conversation we've been having since (laughs) we were six or whatever you know exactly it's dumping out our toy box yeah yeah we dump out our toy box and have them fight and that's exactly what endgame was except that you know it was all of them fighting against thanos but like this episode that he's talking about would absolutely be like smash my toys together and see which one would come out on top yeah so here's what i think we should get done i don't know how to do this but it doesn't sound very complicated uh we should figure out if anybody out there is a programmer and cuz this just doesn't sound very hard to program to me i may be wrong i may be totally wrong but is there a way to do a multiple person, multiple factor, like app or, um, or a program where we could put in all 23, let people send in their rankings, and then the program just averages them and keeps a running tally on our website or something. That, absolutely. That, it's absolutely possible, and it doesn't even sound very complicated. It's probably something that if I spent two months learning programming i could i could do it in a night but i don't know how to learn i don't know programming so if anybody out there does and wants to help us put that together hit us up because i think that Uh, we we could absolutely do it with the way that aaron says just manually but i think it'd be really cool if we just had a page on our website that was like you know fill out uh, rank the movies yourself and then we're going to get the overall rankings you know yeah i mean the hardest part of that would be the ui i mean making it user interface yeah yeah, making it look pretty would be the hardest part. I mean, there's also like trying to uh, combat people just spamming, you know, I want Iron Man 3 to be the number one and just going and doing over, you know, doing it over and over again. Uh, you know, you've got to, you got to stop that kind of um, manipulation that kind of or and manu- Yeah, that kind of negative manipulation. Um, yeah, if we, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we would need to stop that, or maybe we could just say it's on the, uh, you know, the whatever the the honor system, uh, which obviously that's not great on the internet. But I don't, I, you know, I, <laughs> I imagine everybody's. I no, never mind. I was about to say nobody's wanting to cheat this thing. We all want to know what everybody thinks. And then I remembered there's people like you, Jeff, and you would absolutely move your top ones to the top over and over. <laughs> I don't have to, sir. <laughs> my top ones are the top ones all right all right fine but anyway <laughs> I, I do think that's a fun idea and if anybody wants to help us uh or, or if anyone wants to honestly if anybody wants to program that app like it, we, we you know we would we would tell everybody to go do it and <laughs> maybe, maybe i thought i so thought you were gonna be like i would pay you money to do that or like give you a sandwich or something but you were no, just was, like we would tell people to go there well, but this thing if like we if, if somebody made a like say like an i like a android app 
and that it was like ad supported or something. And then got it, we got everyone to go do it. Like, you know, maybe it could get pushed up in the whatevers. I don't know. Uh, You're so great at marketing applications. I know nothing about it, man. It's not my expertise. <laughs> I'm just saying I think it's a good idea. Let's somebody yeah. out there write us in if you know how to do it. Absolutely. So Thomas McNeil uh, responded to your to our talk of the boys because we've been talking about the boys here and there, like you know me asking should I watch it and you saying yes, absolutely. Here comes Tommy saying the boys, a superhero show on Amazon, is freaking awesome. Maybe the best superhero show ever. I know, I know, it's saying a lot. I don't dispute him. Oh, I, I think that Daredevil's better. But but the boys, <laughs> there it is. I heard it. The boys does some bold things that that you know Daredevil and Punisher weren't trying to do. Um, but the boys is really fun in a way that those shows are not. And it's it's also really good superhero stuff. It's also pretty gory in places and darker even than the Punisher, uh, which is saying a lot. And and it's it a really satire. Is. It's a satire on superheroes to some degree, which is fun. It's really fun. Hmm. All right. All right. I'll uh, I'll add it to the list. Do I do recommend. I do recommend. I'd love okay. to, I I would have loved to have done a podcast about it as I was watching it. Honestly, it was really really good. <laughs> but I got too many podcasts at this at this yeah, moment. Yeah, man. You're you're stretched pretty thin, pretty thin. And um you also have, uh, I heard about this job that you have where you're a singer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you play music? Listen to Matthew Carroll at whatever you get music. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Carroll at whatever you get music.com. Yeah, that's it. That's where you go to get the music. <laughs> I know it sounds like an email address. Uh, <laughs> oh, and Forrest sent us a message on Twitter, at MCUcast. According to the MCU wiki, not official, but very thorough, Cloak and Dagger left off in late 2017, and Runaways left off in early 2018 with a cliffhanger. So it's likely this third season with all these characters will continue to take place before Infinity War. That And, you know, I, I bet he's right. And I bet they will do that basically all of the seasons that way. Because the, the way they make these shows, sometimes the events of the show seem like they're actually like a week of time. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. They're not doing like a year for every season, which is kind of like the, the way most shows were made for a long time. They, they're like all the events of a season will happen in like a week. So they could do seven seasons of Runaways and it all only be two years or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're, they're not... They're not doing the typical uh, typical TV thing where you've got like, oh, this is our Christmas episode this year. Oh yeah, and this for is sure. our Thanksgiving episode. Like they're not doing that. So it very very easily could take place within you know a very short amount of time unless the characters say something about it. And you know we were told in in Cloak and Dagger season two that it was like eight months, right? Eight months after the first one, right? So. Or no, it was six months. It's several months, but not a year after the first one. So, you know, they're just kind of smashing it all together into the before the snap kind of time frame. Still want to see what happens, though. Still want to know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, we got a uh, got a, t- a tweet from Night Monkey. Love that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that uh, fake European superheroes were on Twitter. Love it. it said, 
at MCUcast. Hey, y'all. So the Sony slash Marvel Spider-Man deal works like this. Sony finances the movie, distributes the movie, and gets full box office proceeds. In return, Marvel gets full creative control, gets Tom Holland in some number of related movies, and retains full merchandising dollars. Interesting. There it is. That's, that's a weird deal. Yeah. It, it, it's a smart one on Marvel's part, I guess. They I get mean, all the things. To be fair, it's a smart one on on uh, Sony's part, too. For sure. Far From Home has already broken a billion. Yeah. that's Wow. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. Let's see. Uh, 1.1, actually. 1.1 as of today. As of time of recording. Uh, let's see. Next up, Brandon Epler said, didn't know if you guys heard about this or not. Also, do you not like Star Wars? Your last podcast, you said you do a Star Trek podcast as well. But you said Marvel is the only reason you would do Disney+. Plus. I love Marvel, Star Trek, and Star Wars, so I was surprised you didn't say anything about Star Wars. And sent us a link that was Ryan Reynolds teasing Deadpool in Phase 5. Yeah, there was a interesting little, like, Ryan Reynolds tease about phase five. He says something about the fifth phase of being Deadpool or something like that. And it's a, it's, it's, it, they, people are saying it's a veiled reference to him being in phase five. So yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, but, uh, yeah. So about star Wars, what are your thoughts on star Wars? Mine? Yeah. I mean, I like it well enough. Same here. Marvel. Same here. I, I like, I like, Star Wars. Uh, I've enjoyed a lot of the movies over the years, but it's just not my universe. Like I, I don't know. I like I. I don't have the same sort of childhood affection that a lot of people have for it. And I was always, to me, it was always. And you know, I'm going to get people pissed at me. I know that like Star Trek and Star Wars have always kind of had this sort of uh, back and forth, and I don't think there's anything like that. You can like both, but. I, I just, the thing I always liked is like the deep continuity. And I know that Star Wars had books, but like so did Star Trek. And like I just, I was so into Star Trek and all of the stuff that, you know, I loved that Star Trek had so many TV series and movies and so much, so deep you could go with it. And the, the, by the time I even knew about the like extended universe of Star Wars, it was like, it was already known that like, this is kind of canon and this is not really canon. And this, this, this book happened. If this book happens, this book doesn't happen because they conflict. And I was like, eh, it just didn't seem cohesive to me. So I didn't get into it. I'm just not as, I mean, I'd really like a good deep universe continuity, which is one of the major reasons we do this show and why I do a Star Trek universe podcast. Um, but, uh, Star Wars, you know, they're trying to get all their stuff in order sort of. Um, and, and to be honest, I just think Star Wars is a little bit of a, this is where I'm going to get people pissed off at me. Uh, I think it's a little simpler of a story. Um, and I know that people will argue me that all day, but like, it's literally like good guys, bad guys. And they're, they're changing that in the newer Star Wars, but like, traditionally it's very, there's the light side and the dark side, you know? Like, that's why I think growing up, it never interested me. Uh, it's just so black and white. I mean, it did interest me. I watched it. Like, I was, but it was just another adventure movie to me. It wasn't like my religion, you know? <laughs> like, like for many people, it is. Yeah, man. I mean, stories about whether or not a, uh, a giant space jellyfish is allowed to live its own life. That's, that's what's up. 
Yeah, totally. That is what's up. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, no, that generation pilot was amazing. <laughs> you know, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's first, fair. first appearance of Q, man. I love that episode. I now, mean, yeah, it's like all eighties and weird and not that well acted yet and all that stuff. But like, <laughs> you know, I love it. I, I, I do. That's the thing. I love Star Trek. What I love about it. And it's why I do the Star Trek podcast. It's also why I do the Orville universe podcast. Um, which got really weird this week. We got like super political and philosophical on stuff. And like, I, I haven't edited it yet and I haven't decided how much I'm editing out, uh, because we don't really normally do that on this show for sure. Um, but, uh, I love things that make you think about your like philosophy and, uh, Star Trek is that Star Trek is morality tales. Um, yeah. Star Wars is not morality tales in my opinion, at least the earlier stuff is not, uh, Star Trek here lately though, the movies has kind of gone that direction of, uh, just being the spectacle, though. Oh, for sure. J.J. Abrams likes Star Wars, and so he made Star Trek movies that are Star Wars movies. Like, they're just Star <laughs> Wars movies. Um, now, the third one um, turned a corner, and I think it went a little back. Once J.J. Abrams was uh, was working on Star Wars, and, uh, and Simon Pegg kind of worked a lot on Star Trek, it became a lot more like Star Trek. And there's a actual moral question and the crew has to make moral decisions. And that's the stuff that interests me. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) that aside, uh, I like star Wars well enough. Uh, (laughs) Rainwater said to us on Facebook, Hey guys, can we expect God, Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this, and it's going to be fine. Hey, guys, can we expect a review of the god-awful X-Men Dark Phoenix? (laughs) I saw it yesterday and was so disappointed. I found myself not caring at all who lived or died. Sad end to a great franchise. Well, you know, Matthew, you're selling it so hard, we might have to go see it. (laughs) Yeah, like you're doing a great job of making me want to (laughs) go. No, you know, probably not. Just for times, maybe we got a we got a big we're, we got a lot to catch up on, a lot of feedback to catch up on, a lot of things that to talk about that are MCU related. But who knows? We might get real desperate over these next few months, waiting for December to happen. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but I'm gonna enjoy the downtime. Right, right. Like being um, able to catch up. Oh my lord! Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get caught up and not feel like we're. Always, dis- I feel we, for forever we had the policy of always doing every feedback that came in, and I think that's great. I really do. I love doing every bit of feedback we can. But like it, it within game particularly, it got to the point, and and then Spider Man, it's got to the point where we can't anymore. We actually, I don't know, if we've mentioned it on the podcast. We actually hired someone to help us uh, sort through. They're basically helping us round up the feedback and organize it so that we can get through it all. Um, it's not not a lot of work. Uh, it's, it's actually just my office manager who does a lot of other work for me, but we added a few hours to her weekly work. That's just working on MCU cast, keeping the, uh, keeping everything sorted in the feedback so that we can get to more of it. Cause we don't have to spend three hours rounding it up and sorting it. Um, so she does that part and then we actually respond to it. So th- that's been really helpful. Uh, shout out to Kelly, our new podcast producer. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Doing the work that I just don't have the time for. Yeah, for real. She's 
kicking ass. Um, so we're actually a lot of the reason we can do a lot of the stuff we're doing today is because she had a lot of this already sorted for us. Um, and then we got so that we can get it, get to it and read it without having to go to 15 different sources and finding all the feedback and everything. So, yeah. And, you know, continue having families. Yes. Yes. Families and jobs and, you know, our main careers and passions and all that. <laughs> um, so, but you know, we really appreciate you guys. Cause honestly, because of the Patreon, we were able to do that. And so like basically the money that we get there, uh, kind of, goes directly to someone to help us produce the show that is now, uh, you know, actually helping us make the show better and faster and more streamlined and yeah. And get to more people's feedback. And that's really exciting. So thanks to all the patrons who are supporting the show. Hmm. Yay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up, Danny Phantom, Jedi Master Goku 94. <laughs> I like that email address. <clears throat> Send us an email. So guys, check this out. You can search for any dialogue in all 22 films and it will get, <laughs> it will quote it like a Bible verse. It says the movie and then the timestamp for where that line is in the movie. Also, it will treat each sequel as a second or third part. For example, Infinity War is Three Avengers. Like this quote, we're in the end game now. Three Avengers 12354. <laughs> and then he sent us the link. Third I thought you Avengers. might want to share it with the listeners. That's amazing. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Def- um, we will definitely post that on our Facebook. Uh, I'm going to do it right now, so I don't forget. Uh, that will be on our Facebook page if you want to see that. That's pretty awesome. That's pretty ridiculous, honestly. Like, that is some... I, ju- I just said something about how Star Wars wasn't my religion, uh, but that's some real, like, nerd stuff is your religion kind of shit <laughs> right there. And you know what? It's really, like, it's really, really good. I- I'm looking at it right now. It's really great in that... It doesn't just like randomly pick one because there are lines like, I am Iron Man. And there's five listings here because apparently Avengers Endgame hasn't been added in yet. Um, there's five listings here for I am Iron Man. There's I am Iron Man, one Iron Man, 117, 12. You gotta say first Iron, Iron Man, second Iron Sorry. Man, third Iron Man. First that's, Iron Man. That's how the Bible verses work. Okay, thank you, Matt clearly not religious <clears throat> I that's, am that's the thing that like uh trump got in big or like like in hot water for is he's like oh yes let me read this my favorite verse from one james and no one's just one james it's first james or whatever <laughs> there's only one okay. james by the way that i know i know that i know that first peter he was like one peter da, 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 da. and everyone's like that's not how you say it <laughs> you're religioning wrong mm-hmm <laughs> I am Iron Man. You think you're the only superhero in the world. One Iron Man. Yeah, I'm just going to keep saying it that way. 125-24. And then there's Second Iron Man, 122. <laughs> and where he said in Second Iron Man, yeah, I switched it. I do what I want. I am Iron Man, the suit and I are one, 1207. And then I am Iron Man in three Iron Man, because I'm not going to say it. <laughs> one nineteen thirty six. Like it's it's got That's five entries amazing. here. It's so it's funny because as you're saying them, I am knowing exactly the moments you're talking about. You know, like I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> twelve minutes in. That's that. Uh, that's that hearing where he says it. I am Iron Man. Yep. I am yeah. Shooter One. You can't that's, take it away. 
That's right about where uh, where Rhodey showed up, and, and it was Don Cheadle Rhodey. Yeah. And he says, I'm here, uh, get over it, or something like that, which is like such a meta joke. You know what <sighs> I mean? It's like, I'm here, I'm a different person, just get over it. <laughs> oh, man, we love these movies. Yep. Yep. Oh, man, and it differentiates between I can do this all day or I could do this all day. And I could do this all day is uh, third... What? Third Captain America. Interesting. I can do this all day as first Captain America 1011. Oh, so he says it differently? Yeah. I can do this all day. First Captain America 9459. And uh, I can do this all day is fourth Avengers 8222. Wow. All right. Well, that is some nerd shit. All right, we we just right. posted it on our Facebook page. Please go check that out. Facebook.com slash MCUcast. All right, let's get on to some more feedback. Sarah Lydia said on Twitter at MCUcast, bringing down Carol a peg could be done by introducing her complex family issues. In Margaret Stahl's Life of Captain Marvel, Carol throws off the mantle to go home and help her mom care for her brother after a car accident. We need this in the next film. We need character depth. Yeah, and 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 there, there's a been a lot. We actually got a lot of feedback on this. Um, bringing Carol down a peg is something that some people are saying. I don't, I don't really subscribe necessarily, and maybe I've even said it myself that they need to bring her down a peg. They just need to explain her powers, and that's something that I really don't like about two of the main female protagonists right now in the MCU and that's Scarlet Witch and her we just don't know how her powers work we just know she like can just fly through everything and destroy everything like I don't care she can be the most powerful being on in the universe I'm fine with that but like we need to know kind of how her power works what are the rules what can she and what can't she do you know that's, there that's, are no rules, man. Yeah, that that therein lies the problem. And I think that's been a big problem for Scarlet Witch as a character is we don't know what the rules of her powers are. She just – telekinesis is really all we know. Yeah, well, there's also mind things that we saw in that's right. uh, yeah, Second yeah. Avengers. She can manipulate people's minds. She has telekinesis and telepathy of some sort. Uh, but we don't know the boundaries of those. Like, I feel like – with the other characters, we all kind of have boundaries. You know, Iron Man is Iron Man, but he, he, he when he's out of the suit, he's vulnerable. And when he is running low on power, he's vulnerable. Or he can be out of weapons. They, they like they build into the actual storyline the problem. You know, with Thor, it's often like, is he worthy or not? What defines worth? Yeah, uh, we saw in uh, in Third Avengers when when Iron Man was fighting against Thanos, and he was like his suit was just being taken apart, right? It was being like every the sword that he had was broken, the shield that he had was torn off and thrown away, like all of those were nanoparticles that were part of his suit that were just being tossed aside. So when it came down to the end of it, he was like he was shifting the nanoparticles away from parts of his suit to put them into other, other sections that would, that would be defensive or, or be offensive even like we saw that happening. We saw him having to, to do that, to maintain himself. Like that's part of the character is that, you know, that limitation Yeah, and having that and seeing that humanity being unmasked as he's being just taken apart that way. That's part of the, that's, Part of the depth of that of that scene is to 
watch the humanity just be, you know, not necessarily swept aside, but just unearthed yeah. and, and realizing like, shit, I'm just a person. I'm just a, a lowly little human on some weird extraterrestrial planet. I, I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I just think that <sighs> they need to clarify that with Carol Danvers. I, people, uh, people get really offended because they, I think they think we don't want her to be powerful because she's a woman. And I don't feel that way at all. I, I think it's fine if she's the most powerful being. It's just, I need to know why and how. And it, it's something I want out of all my characters to have a little bit of, uh, I, I need some rules. I think that rules are important to these kinds of stories because you have to operate within your own rules to make them make sense. And if you don't have any rules, there's nothing to operate within. It's kind of like horror movies. Like you, you, you got a vampire, you got to know, you know what its powers are, how to kill it, all that stuff, you know? Yep. Yep. You got to know the, the limitations of the vampire. Like what kind of vampire are we working with here? Is this the, the weird sparkly kind, or is this the, the <laughs> sort that explodes or, you know, is this, are we talking lost boys? Are we talking, you know, any of those? Yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. The 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 phrase "bring her down a peg" I think was mine, and it was mostly that we need to introduce conflict for for Carol. Either she needs things take to her overcome. Yeah, she needs uh, she needs a, a barrier. She needs a goal and opposition. And that's I mean that's the crux of every story that's ever been written, right? Yeah, like all the boring shit is when. Napoleon Dynamite has nothing to overcome, you know? Yeah. Uh, when, and when, you know, it's, it's the Superman problem, you know, when he doesn't have something yes. that's appropriate. And, yeah, we, we have, anyway, let's, let's move on. We've got more feedback on that, I think, later. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we had a few people uh, on that. Lane hit us up on Twitter, said at MCUcast, so what if, in the current MCU, the X-Men started in the 1960s, but at some point left for Genosha in, say, the 80s? And that's why they weren't ever mentioned in any MCU movies, because people had, quote-unquote, forgotten about them. Or maybe we were made to forget them. I could absolutely be. It could absolutely be another secret... I don't know if it's going to get old, the idea of a secret, another secret society operating within the earth, you know, if, especially if Namor is introduced and then you've got like the black Panther, uh, Wakanda world. <laughs> and then Namor also has a secret society operating on the earth. And we just had all of these, uh, um, magi- the, the, um, the, oh gosh, what are they, what do they call themselves? So the sorcerers are this like, you know, secret society that's been operating all along. Uh, it's, it's a lot of secret societies starting to build up on this planet. <laughs> Yep. And then, uh, you know, you got the normal humans that are like, where the hell were, were we looking for any of these societies? Did nobody op- open their eyes ever? Yeah. Like, I get that it's a big world, but damn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of the audience perspective, I guess. Uh, Joe Wilson sent us a tweet on my birthday. Yay. What? Adam Sucast, based on what I've heard, since I have not seen the movie as well, Jameson did bring the symbiote to uh, into Earth based on a throwaway line at the start. This is talking about Venom, the Venom movie. Jameson brought it? Like, uh, Yeah, Jameson's, J. Jonah Jameson's son was the astronaut that brought back Venom, the Venom oh, symbiote from Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if we'll see J. Jonah Jameson appear in any future Venom movies, or... Uh, if we're going to get that, uh, that character, 
you know, the, the, the Spider-Man version that we saw, that would sell me on a Venom 2 for sure. If, if, if in the trailer they had J. John Jameson screaming about Venom, <laughs> I'd be there in a heartbeat. We need J.K. Simmons just straight up info wars. It is, it yes. is insane how appealing it is to me. Almost any MC, anything can be brought to the MCU with the use of J. John Jameson now. Like, I love that idea. I love that any, they can tell any story in the Sony verse or the, like, Marvel proper verse. Like, and if J. John Jameson's in it, I'll probably see it. Yeah. He's the new Leslie Bibb. He's the new, uh, WHIH reporter, you know? Yeah, but that's, 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 that's an unfair comparison. Like, it's, it, he is the new, you know, I don't know. He's the new Claire, maybe of of the Defenders. I don't know. He's like, yeah. He's the new crossover character, but the one, but more than just a crossover character, he's one that will drive me to go see the movie. To me, he's the new Iron Man. We keep asking who's going to be the new Iron Man. <laughs> I think J. Jonah Jameson is the new Iron J. Man. J. Jonah Jameson is the new Iron yes, Man. Yes, because we would go see no matter what the movie was. People went to see it if Robert Downey Jr. was in it. I will go see anything that J. Jonah Jameson oh, is in now. Yep. Yep, because we know it's J.K. Simmons. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yes. Cannot wait. Here we go. Nailed it. Good job, everybody involved in Far From Home. You have found it. Yep, for <laughs> sure. Uh, Tim Brownson is a Facebook message. And as you know, because I always message you guys, I love your podcast. That said, I just finished listening to the podcast where you were going over the feedback to the Captain Marvel review. And there's one thing I have to disagree with. One of you, don't think it was both of you, on there was a comment that for story's sake, it would have been good for Carol to have actually not actually achieved her dream of being the fighter pilot she was going for. And then she would have more or less given up and uh, done something else, helicopter pilot or whatever, and this would make her flying sequence more impactful. Thing is, that's not Carol, and that, that changes the character. That would be like Steve Rogers quitting trying to get into the army. Yes, they would refuse him over and over and over again, and he could have been kept out that way, but no way in Hades would he have got in. And because of the physical and also peer pressure of others, would he give up and go home? It's not his character. I've been a fan of the character for literally several decades, hence how old I am, time flies, and her letting that happen simply would not fit her character. It's not who and what she is. Now, yes, she could have been stopped in other ways, and the movie actually alludes that, although her and Maria were were good. Uh, they were not picked up for some of the better missions slash projects. It's one of the other reasons Carol jumped at helping Wendy slash Marvell. A, Carol liked her a lot, but also B, Carol's opportunity to participate in something big, what she signed up for. Also, it was mentioned in your podcast, you didn't see anyone react to her flying around, but that's not true. Fury specifically looks astonished when she flies by, uh, uh, attacking one of the bad guys and said, what the hell was that? I think those were his exact words. Anyway, all that said, love your podcast and I envy you guys. You get to talk about the MCU and do a damn good and entertaining job of it. I plan to do, I plan to one day do a podcast myself and you guys help inspire that. I'm 52 years old and just really dig how stuff I loved as a kid is mainstream. Hell at my gym, I'm known as the comics guy and between classes they're always hitting me up with questions. Anyways, keep on doing great work. Thank you so much, man. Um, yeah, I, that, 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 uh, idea for that story beat. Uh, Tim was uh, from from another podcast. Actually, it was from Fat Man Beyond. It was the idea of Kevin Smith's co-host, who I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Mark Bernardin. That's it. Mark Bernardin. Uh, Mark Bernardin uh, had mentioned that as a possibility, and I did not mean to necessarily say that she gave up, but maybe was kept from being a fighter pilot, and then 
or kept from flying and she always tried and wanted to and then suddenly maybe she wasn't allowed to do combat missions or i don't know you could do it a lot of different ways but so his, his that was his idea definitely not mine um but i do i did i just liked the uh something was needed there in my mind and it's not that yeah and obviously yeah fury does say what the hell was that but it's just something about the la her her learning to fly seemed like it was it just kind of went over the emotional moment of that in a weird way i don't know it it, it could have been better it could have been better is all uh i, I don't think uh she would have needed to give up for sure yeah giving up certainly not her character i uh, i've not been a a fan the way that that tim has but i could i could definitely um definitely see that her giving up is not something that I understand that Carol would do. Um, but being kept out of the military, especially in the nineties, being kept out of the military, what she wanted to do is absolutely within, like that's within Canada. That's within the world. You know, that's right. history. I, I could absolutely see so, it being like, uh, so to, to rewrite it, to, to fit that, like maybe she's becomes a fighter pilot, but they keep her from actually doing combat missions or something. Like yeah, they're like, yeah, you're a fighter pilot, sure. Yeah, they they let her they let her in. She's a great fighter pilot, but they don't allow females in combat for whatever you know. Which is, I don't know, if the, I don't know how appropriate that is to the time. I know there's different times where that's different, um, but uh, something like that, like the uppity ups, keep her from because she's a woman, keep her from combat missions. And then suddenly she's actually flying around, you know, (laughs) by her own power, destroying spaceships. And that, that could be a huge moment for her. Or she's the instructor for the flight simulator and is always watching these like awful flyboys crashing planes. And she's just hating every second of it. Yeah. That sort of thing. Something like that. People that aren't as good as her. Yeah. Uh, not, not getting to do, not going to need to fully f- fulfill her potential because that does give her again it gives her character something to overcome right there and i just think that's the thing with that character in that movie i liked that movie but i just it was missing some sort of arc for her that it, it was trying to tell I it think in a it different was way that, that moment was missing weight yeah for sure for sure anyway <clears throat> Cameron Ramos on Facebook said, very random thought, and I don't know if anybody has talked about it before, but what if Marvel did it so that the Netflix shows take place in the same universe as Loki's Disney Plus show, which would be a way they could bring the Defenders to Disney Plus in the future? Very possible. I would love to see Loki blip out into, into like 2012 or later New York and have like, Matt Murdock just being like, what the hell? And like, start trying to start trying to hit him, but he's just dodging the whole time. Yeah, man, I would love to, I would love to see Loki interact with the defenders. God. Yep. Yep. That would be so good. <laughs> Andre Astrom sent us an email, said, hi, I'd love to listen to your podcast and all the theories and reviews. Keep up the good work. After hearing some theories on your podcast about how the X-Men and Fantastic Four might be introduced, I've built up some theories of my own. Since, I think the core story of X-Men is so important that the mutants have been oppressed for a long time by society that they can't just change that without losing the very soul of the X-Men story. So I really hope they don't build in as like gamma ray radiation thing after the snap or snaps. Uh, although, or also, 
it would have been strange if this has happened in the same universe all along without even being mentioned in the previous movies. Instead, I hope that Doctor Strange, as parallel slash multiple universes is kind of his thing, he might plant the seed in how the X-Men end up in the same universe as we've been following in the MCU. Then there's uh, there's no blocker for the story about mutants being oppressed by society for a long period of time. But I think that the probability is more likely that Fantastic Four is introduced in Doctor Strange 2, since they also, in the comics, often deal with parallel and multiple universes. What do you think? Kind regards, Andre. Yeah, I, I think those are all great points. And and that's that's the question we're all asking. Like, how are they going to resolve this issue of they apparently don't exist, apparently. Apparently. And now they will. So how do you resolve that? How? And there's a lot of interesting things happening. I really like the theory of it being, um, <laughs> it being Scarlet Witch who, who affects the universe f- before the next Dr. Strange movie. Yeah. I like having the, uh, the Scarlet Witch series kind of lead into the events of Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. Yeah. Cause that's a, uh, that's a really cool thing to to have the small screen affect the big screen like that. And that's, you know, that's Disney really committing or that's Marvel and Disney really committing to this whole thing and, and having that kind of, uh, interconnectivity. Mm-hmm. Although it would be pretty cool if they tweaked Galactus just a little bit. And instead of being like a consumer of worlds, he's a consumer of universes. Hmm. And the universe that he's consuming is the one where the X-Men live, and they escape to here. And having him consume their universe and, like, Doctor Strange not being able to stop it, and then Galactus sees our universe because of where they've escaped to and Doctor Strange trying to help, instead of helping to save their universe and stop Galactus, all he does is send up a flare and Galactus is targeting our universe. Yeah, that could, that could work. I like it. I mean, but that's, that's so similar to Dormammu. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. Don't but know. when you get, when you get characters that are going from universe to universe, destroying universes, there's going to be basically the, the role of Dr. Strange. If he continues to do his role is that's always going to be what he's doing is stopping the guy from the next universe over coming into ours, you know, doing bad yeah. things protecting your reality yeah which is why I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do with dr strange uh or, or second dr strange uh with uh the the what's oh gosh what's the character in the his 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 nemesis who is becoming his nemesis at the end of the oh, movie mordo mordo yeah uh i just i just thought i love that i love uh chuatel Ejiofor. i think that's gonna be awesome and I hope that yes. continues to be a big part of the next movie. Too many sorcerers. Yeah, that's uh, after having watched Doctor Strange recently again. Like I, I'm wanting to see Chiwetel Ejiofor come back and tell me about how there are too many sorcerers in the in the world. Yeah, man, for sure. Adara Glader sent us an email. My friends and I have a debate going on about Captain Marvel. Me and one other friend think that Carol is way too OP, and that's a huge problem that needs to be resolved for the MCU in order for them to have Galactus or any serious threat from the Kree or the Skrulls. My other friends say that because Carol is protecting the rest of the universe, she has to be this powerful. 
Any thoughts? Also, why wouldn't Carol show up for either of the Guardians movies? I love your podcast so much. Keep up the amazing work. Uh, we, I, we've definitely covered it, I think, uh, but, but I, did, I don't think she necessarily needs to be less powerful. I just think they need to explain her powers. They need to give her rules, and they need to rules give of it engagement? stakes. Sure. That's not what that means, but yes. <laughs> I know, I know. It was just, it's a military term, and she's in the military, so obviously they track together. Sure, man. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to keep believing that as long as you let me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, just giving her stakes and something to overcome is the, that's what we need to see. Yeah. And I, you know, I could, I could see that the, the theory that, you know, she's protecting the rest of the universe or the rest of the galaxy or whatever, like that's, that's fine. You know, she can be super powerful and, and be doing that job. But again, how do you make a solo movie? about her that helps us to identify with that character and, and see those, those stakes happening. Like that's, that's the, that's the question for the next one, you know? Yeah. We had drew from the Andy Joe show. Send us another email. Hi guys. I was just rewatching black Panther for the first time since Endgame, And I noticed something before he dies. Killmonger asks to be thrown into the ocean. In Endgame, Okoye mentions underwater earthquakes, possibly hinting towards Namor the Submariner. What if, when the Wakandans threw him into the ocean, Namor found him and nursed him back to health? Michael B. Jordan was great in Black Panther, and they killed him too soon. But if he's nursed back to health, then we could get both Killmonger and Namor in the same movie. Let me know what you think. Keep up the great work. Drew. I, you know, we are always talking about making death matter. But I would be totally down for this. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. one of the few characters I'm just like, don't let him die. He was so good. I just love Michael B. Jordan so much. And I want more of that character. I want more. And I want it now. You know? I want it all. And yeah. I want it now. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, getting that character back, I, it might be, it might be difficult to, to really have Namor shine though, if he's being overshadowed by the absolute powerhouse that Michael B. Jordan is as Killmonger. Yeah, maybe. It, just, it depends on who they put in that role and how they structure the movie. I, I, but I would love to see, you know, Namor come out as the big villain and then Killmonger, you know, leading sort of a revenge mission towards T'Challa, but then maybe he turns the corner and he realizes what Namor is willing to do or something. And then we get, you know, Killmonger coming back uh, from the dark side, sort of, and and making a decision to help Wakanda, which he always wanted to do. He just had different plans of how to do it, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think that could be a really interesting story if so if you've got those, those two, uh, Killmonger and Black Panther, working side by side at the end to stop Namor, you know? That could be awesome. Oof, yeah. I, I just, I really like bad guy betrayal. Like, bad guy betraying bad guy kind of thing. Like, antagonist betrayal in movies. I don't know why, it's just, that's the trope that I really, really like. I'm like, ha! Bad guy got betrayed, you jackass. Like, mm. I don't know why, but like, if that were the case, I would, I would die. I would just absolutely die in that movie. Yeah. <sighs> and it'd be okay. 
Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, looks like Spencer Whaley sent us an email. Black Widow movie ideas. I like ideas for movies. He says, hey guys, my wife and I were speculating the purpose of introducing a Black Widow movie now as opposed to before Endgame. It doesn't make much sense to round out her character if we already know her fate. I'm thinking her movie would play into some potential top secret stuff that plays into the MCU's next big story. Like maybe some scrolls popping up between the events of Captain Marvel, 1995, and Iron Man 2, 2010. And in the meantime, pay homage to Black Widow's sacrifice and make it mean that much more. I think we will definitely find out what actually happened in Budapest. Also, Red Skull mentioned Black Widow's father's name was Ivan. I know that's probably a pretty common Russian name, but I thought of Ivan Vanko, a.k.a. Whiplash, from Iron Man 2. Both characters were introduced in this movie, and maybe part of Black Widow's mission was to kill Ivan, but she didn't know it was her father. Also, both use electricity as a weapon. Again, could be nothing, but I found it interesting. Love the podcast. Until next time. Spencer Whaley. I dug that. That's a... that's fun. It is fun. I, I, we, we've had a couple of people write in and ask about Ivan being Ivan Vanko, and I don't know how the that tracks like age wise. I think that would track though. He, I think he could be her father. Um, I mean, maybe I don't. He seems a little old, but it, he oh, could really? Be. You think old? I was thinking young. Mm, oh, that's what I meant. Sorry. Oh, okay. He, I was like, words are hard right now. It's a long day. <laughs> right, man. <laughs> he seems like he's not quite old enough for that because he's still he's Tony's age. Right. You know, well, we don't really like, know. Their fathers were working together. Their fathers were working together. He could be five to ten years older than Tony. He could have had her when he was young. You know, like there's like she is definitely a good bit younger than Tony. So, you know, it, it's definitely possible. Like she's in yeah. a, maybe thirties in Iron Man two, and uh, Downey's like definitely in his fifties in that movie. So like it's it's cl- clearly possible um, that and 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 we don't know how old Ivan is compared. Like we know they're close because their fathers work together, but they could have been they could have been twenty years apart in age. We just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they actually very easily can be. Scarlett Johansson currently is thirty four years old. Really? Uh, oh, man, I didn't yep. know that she was that young. Wow. Yeah, she was born in 1984. God, I'm older than Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> I don't oh, know why man. that disturbs me. It does, though. I don't either, man. It's really funny for me, though, that you're so just, you're so affected by that. I'm surprised. I, th- I think of movie stars as older than me, and they're clearly not. Because <laughs> you're looking up to them. You have to look yeah. up to them. They're obviously older than you. Ah, hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, I'm glad I. I'm glad I looked that up. That, was, that was made me thing. sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> okay, I'm all right. I'm right. I'm good. Kara uh, Sparman sent us a, a message on Twitter catching up on your Endgame re-release podcast completely agree with your point of finishing the effects if you're going to ask people to pay to watch it again I also would have liked to see that Stanley tribute the first time around I think it would have had a bigger impact and been really appreciated by fans especially in the first two weeks at the end of the day I would again agree with you that the movie was worth seeing again a sixth time for me but not for the additional footage thanks for your podcast as always yeah, I, I, you know, I, I was a little 
kind to that re-release when I did my re-release podcast because honestly, I just enjoyed the movie so much and it's a great movie. It's just fun to watch. But upon further reflection, I'm kind of pissed off about the re-release. <laughs> I don't know if I've said that on, I think, I think you weren't here either other time I've talked about it, but no, I was, you did mention that you were a little pissed off. I'm pretty uh, pissed recently. off about it. I think it's, it really was just using the fan base to get a few more dollars and not really providing more value. Like, and the thing is, if they had provided like some real stuff at the end, if they'd really given us like some deleted, some good, dele- better deleted scenes or more deleted scenes or whatever, uh, more of us would have gone to see it. They would have made more money, but instead they just like called it a re-release, barely added anything. It was, it's kind of, it's pretty annoying. I'm sorry, sir. Maybe sorry, that may be one of the shittier things Marvel's done. That and <laughs> that and firing James Gunn. They're not doing too well this year. <laughs> it's a rough year for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Bad decision. Was it firing James Gunn last year? I don't know, man. I think I think Doctor Strange was just a few minutes ago. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Matt, not a great, uh, not a great. Judger of time. No, no, I'm not. Very bad at it. <clears throat> uh, it's kind of uh, kind of funny that you would be a bad judge of time in relation to Doctor Strange. Yeah. Who had the time stone. Uh, Nerdy Tastic says, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, and you're a Whovian? Like, come on, man. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're so bad at time is because being a Whovian, you're just like, I'll go anywhere in time I feel like. It feels like it was just yesterday. Yeah. That's totally it. I was born uh, yesterday. Oh, the vision. That was in Second Avengers. <laughs> I'm going to refer to them all that way. Yeah, now. that was Second Avengers about 238 or so. Uh, Second Avengers 126.19. Oh, that was not close. Mm, not close at all. <laughs> I thought it was closer to the end. Never mind. If I But if I'd called it, uh, I would have been legendary. <laughs> That would have been amazing. All right. What does Nerdy Tastic have to say? Several tweets from Nerdy Tastic here. Adam Seacast, the way to make characters like Carol Carol interesting is to understand that they they are neither omnipresent nor omnipotent. Test the limits of those powers by making the hero choose between two impossible options, forcing them to either fail or come up with a third option that isn't a deus ex machina and still has consequences. That's fair. It's similar to the uh, to the Spider Man thing, where you know, save your girl or save the kids. Yeah, and he has to you know do the swing under the bridge sort of thing. Yeah, <clears throat> something has to happen. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with her completely. But I also that's the same thing they always try to do with Superman, and I don't. I very rarely find his stories compelling. That's fair. I like the that's character, fair. don't find his stories compelling. Well, there's you know there's other problems with Superman. It's that he's not using all of his powers all the time. Like if you're you know if you're faster than a speeding bullet, like you can do most things. Like you can be rather rapid in your solution for of you know whatever problem. And if all you're doing is standing there staring at them while they're you know doing bad stuff, then you're not using your great power. Very responsibly. <clears throat> anyway, Nerdy Tastic said again, or said further, Adam Seacast, yeah, all the stuff done to despair, 
was pretty brutal. I'll give you that. But you know, it's just a tad more brutal trafficking humans. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And I think she's making the point that he deserved it. And I totally agree. He did deserve it. it. Like if you're going by tit for tat or like, you know, eye for an eye. Yeah, he deserved, he deserved worse, but that's, normally the dividing line between hero and villain you know they don't it's not about retribution or that it's about like stopping them and getting them justice not necessarily the retribution which you know it was just sort of dark it's dark to see your heroes do dark things which sorry if if you guys don't know we're talking about that's cloak and dagger uh which we may do another cloak and dagger episode soon um but that's uh yeah you need to go take a voodoo tour, and then we'll do Cloak and Dagger again. Mm, I do need to take a voodoo tour. <laughs> uh, further things that Nerdy Tastic said about Cloak and Dagger. I think I'm okay, assuming Ty stopped that human trafficker at the end. I didn't need them to shoot that scene and interrupt the tone of that ending montage. <laughs> and then... the <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then there was a uh, an apology. It said, sorry, I was feeling kind of salty last week when live-tweeting the podcast. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that people were live-tweeting at us oh, yeah. during our you podcast. Can tell, you can tell when people do that because they'll have like five or six tweets and they'll be in the order of how we talked about things. Yeah, it's really funny, ah. uh, which is cool. I dig it. Uh, people respond. Uh, people that people care enough to respond is amazing. Um, but it's funny when they do that. And then sometimes it'll be like the the second tweet will be like, never mind, you guys got there. <laughs> like <laughs> something like that. We often don't include those, but like, yeah, there'll, there'll be stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, be we like, got there. We- hey, you didn't say this. And they'll be like, oh, never mind. Jeff just brought it up. <laughs> Yep, it's always Jeff. Always Jeff brought it up. Which is the only way to really respond to podcasts. I do it all the time where I'm like, I need to write into that podcast and say that thing, and then I forget. I just need to do it right when I think about it. No, man, you take notes. Yeah. Take physical paper notes. Yes, in a a notebook, and then take a picture of it, and tweet that picture at that podcast. Print it out, mail it to them. Yep, get their mailing address. Yeah. All right, what does Tori Brewer have to say? Tori says, Shuri was the one that was working Vision uh, before Thanos ended up killing him and then snapped, which caused Shuri to be dusted. So there was unlikely anyone in the five years who was able to finish bringing him back without the stone, or anyone who cared about doing it because they were now missing half their people and their king and had other stuff going on. Yeah, that's a good point. So we, we've talked a lot about how are they going to bring Vision back. It seems like Shuri could pretty easily do it in yeah, some probably. form, at least. I mean, she she did say to Dr. Banner, like, I'm sure you did your best. <laughs> and he's just like, God, ouch. Like the look of just like being the, the what is it? I forget the word. The the word escapes me. But he just he looks so put off like, I can't, what? Who? Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm sorry that one of my seven PhDs wasn't in flying alien spacecraft. <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, Tori continues with, or says in a, in a different message, time travel rules in the movie say that, uh, this is about Endgame now, time travel rules in the movie say that going back in time doesn't change your future, it creates a new timeline. So when Cap goes back to return the stones, if he gets back to each 
past moment before the stones were taken, there would be two sets of stones in that reality at that moment. Couldn't he just stop the Endgame Avengers in those past timelines from taking the stones so that everything plays out correctly and the stones are never missing? Because that wouldn't change Cap or anyone else's future. They always get the stones from the past, but now Cap could return those duplicate stones back to his present, and the main reality would have a new set of stones to replace the ones that Thanos had destroyed. Maybe it creates a paradox or something? I don't know, just a thought I had. Yeah, it does create a paradox. The problem is, if you change what they do, you're not fixing that timeline, you're creating another timeline. So, if they go back and meet themselves and stop themselves from taking the stones, then they create a version of events where that, that happened instead of the first thing happening. And so, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a thing, man. It's a, it's a, it's a not, and, and like the writers and directors of the movies don't even agree on what all this time travel stuff, the time, the way the time travel mechanics work. So the more I think about it, the more upset I get. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> don't make Matt think of time travel. They just, they were really trying to do like a tight version of time travel. And then they could, apparently they didn't talk between the writers and the directors, like make a decision. People, <laughs> uh, we got Sarah dorks a lot on Twitter. So first off, I low key love, hate you guys for calling the Hawkeye watches his kids dust thing months ago. LOL. <laughs> Oh, sorry about that. We didn't know. Sorry. We had no idea. I, we were just guessing. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want it. Like, I thought that I did. I did not. Like, that's one I thing about this wrong. show. We do so much talking about theorizing that often I'm in a movie. I'm like, oh, then th- I see now that this is going to happen. This thing we talked about because, you know, yep. whatever. I, you know, when, when they opened it, I called it. I called it in the moment. I was like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. We, we, we were pretty sure that was happening, and then and then it, as soon as they were the first thing on screen, I was like, "Oh, yep, here it is. That's the, here this it is the is. scene. Here's here's my tear ducts opening up. Mm-hmm. Let's go." Like it was, I didn't want it. I didn't want it. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't actually want it. Marvel, please stop. Uh, Sarah continues with, but just finished listening to the recap and was surprised you guys didn't notice Harley Keener, Iron Man three, at uh, Tony's lake house at the end. Could Iron Lad be making a showing in the next phase with with Cassie and all? At all? I don't know. Uh, yeah, we, we, we have <clears throat> since discussed Harley Keener being there. Um, I, we just didn't recognize him. <laughs> yeah. He look, he's so much older. Like, Who's that kid? <laughs> Who's that teenager? Yeah, That's the thing. He's not a kid anymore. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's still a kid, but it's like, who's that larger... Than Harley Keener kid because Harley Keener has been frozen in time since Iron Man three. Yeah, he's in stasis until any until needed change. Yeah, until he needs to come back. I and guess like, he oh, was he's blipped or he wasn't blipped. I I don't know. Uh I would say he was not blipped considering how much he's aged. Okay, or he could have blipped. I don't, I don't know, know how many years it's been since Iron Man 3. Uh, it was right after, it was the Christmas after 2012's Iron, uh, uh, Avengers. So yeah, it's been seven so, years, so he might have just not blipped. Maybe he did, though. He Maybe he's like in his mid-twenties. He looked old to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. Late teens could definitely be possible, or early twenties. Okay, what's, what's Steve Brunner got to say? 
Oh, man. Steve Bruner says, I'm being Team Thanos, LOL. I think he gets the wrong judgment. He actually destroyed the stones because he didn't want the temptation of doing something that bad again. Pretty honorable, in my opinion. Thanks, guys. I don't think he destroyed them because he wanted to do something that bad again. He destroyed them because he thought the power would corrupt him. Well, he said all they did was serve as a temptation Yeah. after that. Yeah, so like he'd so, be tempted to do more, but he always had one goal. So I don't think he has a problem when you say something that bad again. I don't think he thinks it was bad at all. <laughs> I think that the way that I took it in the moment is that he was saying all they would do is serve as a temptation to bring people back from, you know, the the culling. Oh, the see, that's an interesting. That's an interesting uh, take on it. I didn't think that at all. Yeah, that's that's how I interpreted it when I on first viewing. Huh. He didn't want people to be tempted to try to undo what he did, so he destroyed the thing that allowed him to do it. Hmm. I took it only as uh, him being tempted by the power, like you know, absolute power corrupts absolutely, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure that he also understood that, and he might have he might have meant that he might have also he might have meant it both ways. Maybe you know? he's a smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's He's, the thing. That's what's so interesting. I do think he. I'm not Team Thanos, but I understand where Thanos is coming from. And there's those lines like that one, and like the uh, the line where he talks about how uh, he's going to do it by random because he doesn't want to make the decision for everyone or whatever. Like those lines give it some real. Um, I don't know. Give him complexity in a way that, like, he's trying to do the right thing. He is a man with a code. He may be wrong, like, to the the things that he's ending with, but, like... He has made rules, and he plans to follow them. Yeah, he's a man with a code. I dig it. Yep. Yep. God, so much depth to Thanos. Mm -hmm. Ah. He's thick, for sure. (laughs) I get it. It's because he's got a lot of muscles on him. Big guy. Big old grimace. Daydream Coles tweeted at us in response to Endgame, said, This entire movie was amazing. I'll keep it brief and boil it down to my top three moments and clips. Number three, Professor Hulk. I'm wearing shirts now! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number two, Cap straight abusing Thanos with Mjolnir and the shield. And number one, Tony with the final, I am Iron Man. Thanks for keeping me company with cast and keep up the great work. P.S. If it makes it to the cast, it would make my day. I love hearing opinions and headcanons from people around the country and world. I tune in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Sweet. Well, thank what you, up, Daydream? Daydream. Appreciate you. Uh, those are three great moments. Um, yes. I think that is unfortunately where we're going to have to cut it off for tonight. Uh, again, we still have so many more things and people making great points and great headcanons and thoughts and we want to do a lot more of this now that we're kind of content free for a few months. Um, so we're going to do more of these and do some more commissioned episodes and, uh, we'll be back with you real soon. Uh, we are the Marvel cinematic universe podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com or call us at five, seven, three cast MCU. We love you. Peace. Until next time. True believers. 